listening to the Football Talking Tour podcast. I'm Gary. And I'm Ayan. And today we are joined by one of Ireland's greatest ever footballers. It's a huge pleasure uh, to welcome uh, to the podcast Ronnie Whelan. Thank you very much, Ronnie. You're welcome. Thanks, Gary. Thanks for inviting me in. Have a chat. Uh, and uh, I know uh, you played uh, 53 times for Ireland. Yep. And you made 362 appearances for Liverpool. No, you've been doing Wikipedia. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> He's reading the stuff. He's reading it off paper. I know. Well, it reminds me of, uh, of uh, that thing in Shirley Valentine when she asks, yeah, she answers a question. Uh, uh, as a schoolgirl, and the uh, teacher says, somebody must have told you, and she says, I would have bleed in hell else would I know? Uh, but I'm wrong. Wikipedia is wrong. 496. 496. I was thinking 362 is a bit... bit. So do these, do these numbers are important to footballers? You're, like, you, you remember... It's important to me because I didn't get the 500. Right, oh, I right. got rid of me. Right, okay. So I'll never forgive him for that. When but, are you going to get onto Wikipedia <laughs> and sue them uh, <laughs> yeah. for this inaccurate information? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, Ronnie, were you, were you always going to be a footballer? Like your dad, obviously, Ronnie Whelan Sr., you know, great League of Ireland player, famously scores the goal at, at, uh, when the League of Ireland beat the English League back in, in 1962, which is at the time was as, as, as big as, as a senior international. Were you, were you always going to be a footballer? Was that always going to happen? I think so. Um, watching my dad go off to play the games, come back, he could come back on crutches, you know, all the little memories yeah. that you remember mm. of him. Come back on a Sunday evening, I'd sit with him then, in the house talking to him, he'd be having his dinner, and we'd be all finished dinner, and he'd be having his dinner after the game, just chatting away about football. Mm. Got a little bit older and then started going to the games. Me and Paul, my brother, we'd start going on the bus when he was playing for Drogheda. Um, Mick Megan was captain, mm. playing manager, was he, Mick? Um, but the smells and the, what was going on was... And I did, I honestly said to my dad early on, I said, I, I'm, I'm a man. I said, I, I want to go to England, I want to play football in England. And that was really all I ever really geared myself towards trying to do. But being Ronnie Whelan Senior's son, was that something that you had to deal with? Was that, was that a burden never, on your shoulders? or Never thought about it. You never thought about it? No. So you were essentially kind of uh, groomed for, for, for football, your dad being the footballer, and it was a thing in the house that you did, that that was what you did. So the culture was everywhere. Yeah, but I enjoyed it, yeah. you know what I mean? It was, um, you see kids now won't go outside. Yeah. I had a ball outside most of the time. My dad would say, go and do 20, keep you up on your, on your right foot. I'd come in and say, I've done 20. Just see if you can get 10 on your left. I'd go back out, try and come back in when I eventually got 10 on my left foot alone. Um, hitting balls off walls. We had a little garage and hitting balls off the wall, hitting balls off a corner of the wall to try and control it different ways. I had all this on my own. Um, and there was, a, there, was a, there was a book, wasn't there, about 450 hours of coaching or something you need to become supreme. But I'd well done 450 hours. <laughs> you know, I, I, but I just enjoyed it. It wasn't a, a buy to me. Listen to Tiger Woods talking about the hours he put in, but he enjoyed training. Mm. I enjoyed all this little bit with a ball on my own. And, um, yeah, so it wasn't like a kind of uh, Andre Agassi kind of quality. Have you ever read his book? No, he, he does nothing but give out about it. People have people are made different, haven't they? You know, some people don't like training. Mm. I, I, some mornings I'm watching Russian training, you think, the hell, what's wrong with him? Mm. And then on he score a hat trick on a Saturday, yeah. not a problem. So, when you say you people are watching, you're talking about uh, watching Russia there in training uh, or whatever, uh, would some lads just not put it in in training or just sometimes look not particularly good? 
uh, even though they were great players, was it was it kind it's of a mixture? Yeah. Some, sometimes you have an argument with your missus when you leave the house. You're not in a great mood all mm. day, are you? and then you're not training. What's she on about again? You know, so it, you're not every day that you're up to speed and training. Mm. Towards the end of the week, towards these Fridays, sometimes um, Ronnie Moran, Joe Fagan would have to stop training on a Friday morning because it was getting too intense before a game on a Saturday. The lads were like wanting to go, and they and they just stop it early and go, okay, let's have a little run and then go in. See if they could keep the enthusiasm up coming into the Saturday then. Because you hear it quite a lot, don't you? You hear uh, managers talking about, oh, he was, he's done really well in training. Or Different game now. They, they seem to take an awful lot from training, how well he's doing. Uh, so many times we would meet at Melwood um, and Bob Paisley would come in and go, same team, same subs. That was... Nearly every every Friday morning, he would say that. So it didn't change the teams a lot. Just just going back to to your childhood, if you if you don't mind uh, for a second, Roddy, like you grew up in like nineteen sixties Ireland, right? So, um, don't want to give too much away, but nineteen sixty one, you were born, right? So you were that period in Irish history would be a lot of discussion around identity and what 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 being Irish was, and the band was still it was still in 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 vogue then. You know, if you were if you were a member of the GA, you couldn't play any other game. That wasn't something that you were familiar with. I mean, it's interesting when you talk to uh, some players who went to schools and there was a very much an anti-soccer feeling, right? So Liam Brady, we know his story mm. of, of, of effectively being expelled from school for, for choosing a soccer match over a GA game. Um, John Giles says he didn't even feel Irish when he left because all this, the, the negativity he got from being a corner boy going up to Dalyman Park as a young fella. But your experience is different. Where you went to school and where you're from, it was quite uh, positive just to be playing sport. You didn't really have this anti-soccer feeling from your school days. No, not at all. Even, even early on when I went to Fergals, um, as, a, as a young kid, it was always with a soccer ball. You had a ball all the time, although we didn't play organised Gaelic or football mm. at that age. But when I went to Patrician, it was whatever you wanted to play, whether you wanted to play Gaelic or soccer, and most of the lads played both. It wasn't, it wasn't unusual for Patrician to be at a final in Croker one weekend and the next weekend to be at Tolka Park and under-15 school finals, under-16 school finals, whatever it was. So we, we, there was never any... And you never got this anti-soccer feeling from the from school? No, like we had a great... The, the head brother was brother Cormac, Galway man, strong as... Really strong man. Yeah. But never, never ever heard him say there'd be no soccer, there'd be no nothing. It was always right. OK, the school team's playing. We'll all go and we'll... See how they do. So yeah. was, I was probably lucky that I was brought up in that atmosphere. Were you any good at Gaelic? It was all right. I had trials yeah. for Dublin. Did you? But I wasn't um, Dublin minors. I had trials for, but I don't. I wasn't cut out for carrying a ball. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> so John Giles said it was it was it was easy. You just kicked yeah, the ball over the bar. The bar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I asked Giles. He said, "When did you know you were good at football?" In a way, Giles. He says. Uh, uh, Grady, uh, when I was about three, uh, <laughs> I uh, was obsessed with a ball. I, um, I think that kept me going because people always said to me, when did you realise you were good at football? I never sort of had that mindset that I was good at football. It was like, really? I just go and play. Yeah. So wherever that takes you, I wasn't like, so you, oh, you better than you, you, better than you. Really? So you didn't consider yourself to be of a higher standard than, than your peers when you were younger? Not really, no. No, you didn't I stand I considered it. myself part of them. Right. The team. Honestly, I, that's the way I felt. It wasn't like, oh, I'm a great footballer. 
maybe I taught him once and my dad cut me down to size straight away. I was playing a game at um, the back of uh, Whitehall by Home Farmware, just near the main road. And um, I was messing, I was trying to run through people on my own. And he took me away at half time. He said, if you, I'm going to take you off. He said, do it again, you're coming off. So I had to change. I went back out and just played football like it properly. So there was there was obviously a sense of kind of discipline and you do things right and you know they, yeah very much so I, I, I said I tried to instill it in my grandson who's now nine playing soccer um, and I tried to instill it in him do the right things like the, the last the, they were playing a team Sunday that they they'd beaten them fourteen nil before and they were going over to their parents and going shush you know the finger on the and I said if I see you do that you're coming off I said that's not what you do just go score go back in the centre again score again don't do anything to anybody. You've got to try and make them, bring them up properly, haven't you, to play mm. football and not be trying to be smarter than the other kids who probably aren't as good. So, mm. so just uh, when when you then kind of progressed throughout your career at Home Farm, you must have become aware at like 14, 15 that you were... I was starting to go on trials then. Yeah, you? that you um, were something. I'd good. been at Man United from 14. I was, Man United wanted me to go at 15, but Dad said, no, finish school. And you were a Man United fan, weren't you? That's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. George Best, Dennis Law, Bobby Charlton. That was sort of my in the sixties when they mm. were when I was sort of watching a lot of football. Um, but I was at Everton. I was at Celtic. I was just about to sign for Celtic before Liverpool came in. Um, so I had a look around. I had I'd, I'd seen a couple of clubs. Celtic was magnificent. Everton wasn't good. Didn't enjoy it. Man United was great because I was there loads of times. But then once I went to Liverpool, my dad said, "You may as well start at the top. If you don't make it, you can." You can drop down the league, or and why didn't United sign you? If you I, were... the stories you hear after all the years is that they felt they had players at the club already as good, so they didn't they didn't go come in for me when I was to sign pro. Okay, Celtic Liverpool were the the two. But when you went to Liverpool, they were the best team in Europe. At that time. Yeah, I went seventy nine. They just won the European Cup, yeah. and they they won again in eighty one. And you didn't feel at that time maybe it's going to be difficult for me to break into this Again, side. I, I, I went out and I played. Um, I wasn't aware that Roy Evans was watching what I was doing because Ray Kennedy was yeah. coming to a, a time when he was probably going to finish. And they, I went as a, a number 10 or a number 8. Um, and then they seen something of me to play me on the left side of midfield ahead of Sheeds because Sheeds was in the pecking order above me. And... Yeah, so it, it was, you go play, you go for a pint with your mates, you play the next time, you go for a pint, then you go, oh, um, Bob Paisley, you've been called to the first team, you train with them tomorrow. So then you start thinking, oh, I'm, I'm, the levels are going higher. Yeah. We're going to show you this, uh, I showed you this before, this, this programme, um, this home farm, Liverpool game. This is when you were to, was it kind of an exhibition I game? I just signed, hadn't I? I was at that time a year or two. Yeah, and so anyway, the game is 1991. So it was, it's home farm versus Liverpool in in, uh, in Talca Park. And um, I think, were you supposed to play for both sides? Was this, it was it was a lot of the atmosphere around this game was about you having been signed and yeah. you're going to play for home farm, you're going to play for Liverpool. And anyway, what's interesting is that the height of the hunger strikes, and we tell the story on the tour, um, of course, thing, uh, Liverpool were... were English champions, and somebody decided to break in overnight and put a big H in the middle of the pitch, dig a big H for the H blocks, mm -hmm. 
Did, do you there remember? Wasn't any, there wasn't many of the players knew what it was. <laughs> I knew what it was. I knew what Hex Block, but there wasn't any of them knew. So did um, you? Did you have to explain to your Liverpool teammates? No, what, no. it was nearly called off, wasn't it? Because of the hot, the, the, the state that the pitch was in. Right, the so it was a big, a big twenty foot wide, right, one foot deep page in the middle of it. Right, centre circle. circle yeah. Right, okay. It was a little less apparent when you got there to start the game. Okay. Because they patched it up fairly. And where did they get the earth from uh, to, 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 to dig it out? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, no, they just dug it out. Just dug a big it was, trench. It was a trench. Was trench. Was a, they dug it. So it was, it was. Yeah. So they had to fill it. So the, they, they had to fill it in and fill, fill it in. in. So did you find yourself as an Irish kid with the Liverpool side having to explain what the hashbacks were? No, I can't really remember <laughs> if, I, if I did have to explain to them. <laughs> But um, it was nearly called off. Really? <laughs> yeah, off. And did you find yourself a little bit embarrassed, or did you just kind of draw your eyes to heaven and? Yeah, basically you would. <laughs> There's a protest going on. Yeah. Not a lot I could do about it at that time. I think you scored your first goal for Liverpool that day. Did I? I think it is. <laughs> I think it is. Get Wikipedia. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, it's funny that they did say um, in Wikipedia that I cost thirty grand. Right. From Liverpool, but it wasn't. That was. The money that Liverpool or um, that home farm got, right? That testimonial game that, yeah, that would be the payment for me coming over. Yeah, uh, Ronnie, just on uh, home farm, you played for home farm as a as a, as a kid and as a youth, um, and it, I used to play against home farm, and I played up there quite a few times, and I was going to join at one point, it didn't, but um, it was as it was a goalkeeper. All, as a goalkeeper, yes, it's right. Gary Cook was a goalkeeper for Hudson. I've told Ronnie twice. before. I, Tommy Lawrence. I played with uh, Gary Cook and Amange, uh, yeah. who played. He played against Brazil that day, actually, in yeah. '97. We were talking about that game. So, did he come on? Yeah, 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 he did. I had to get him to, t- to take the kickouts <laughs> because he had a big, big boot in him. Um, but anyway, home farm, what was it? I was thought it was a great club and it seemed to have great values. What was it? That was what? Yeah. You know, we, we learn football, basically football is football, isn't it? You all learn how to kick it and you to control it. But the the morals of what the, the club brought and how to behave, um, the right things to do on the pitch, the wrong things to do on the pitch, look, get tuck your shorts in, look good, you go go out, you've got to look well. Really? You'll feel good. My dad always said that as well. He said, mm. if you look good and feel good, you'll play better. Um, but they were they were all that, no talking back to referees, no no swearing. It was a bit like what you're talking about your own grandson and the yeah, trying uh, to do how, how they interact with the trying to do all the right things. Yeah, and Paul Paul, my brother, was a home fan later on. Then when when there was coaching going on, and and he went to watch a game, and the standards had obviously dropped because mm. the the coaches were swearing at the kids. Yeah. It's, and that's that's not home farm. That was never home farm. No, up the right way. Uh, a few years ago, when I was taking my, my kids to playgrounds and so on, in places like uh, Malahide, there'd be matches, junior matches going on right, right beside the playground, and there'd be um, the kind of junior activists and uh, parents who mm. were just screaming and shouting. Yeah, 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 it was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't well, the believe kids, what the kids don't enjoy it. Like I, I spent eleven years teaching in in Sheriff Street, and um, you know we take the kids out to play football. And just so you say, Ronnie, like the the importance of the gear and the, the socks and the shorts and, and matching and all the rest of it, but also the fact that you're you're dealing with youth development and child yeah. development. Mm-hmm. And for a parent or a teacher to sort of I don't know try to live through their own 
mm. you know failed yeah. football experience yeah. through the children. It's it's quite d- d- distressing to watch. Yeah, and I was it reading something the other day, sorry, it, it, yeah. on Twitter the other day, and it was all the, the values of coaching kids. Mm. And one of the end things will be that they'll come back again. A lot of kids just give up because they don't want all the shouting and screaming from mm. the side, so they mm. go, no, it's not for me. And it, it, does that still happen? You're talking about your own uh, I don't see an awful lot. Have they clamped down on it? Yeah, I, 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 there's, a, there's a few teams where the coach will be the, the main one. Mm. Their families know you're not talking. I coach the kids, I'm going to do it. Which is fair enough if he's coaching the kids, giving his time up all the time. See, the mothers and fathers that I see now, they come on. Hillside and come on, things that nobody <laughs> show. There's only Hills, Hillside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all that sort of thing. They, they don't sound like a club that you'd be too bothered, bothered about playing. They, they, they yeah. sound a bit soft. You don't, I think there's only me who tells the kid what to do. Like going to the grandson, get back, you know, yeah. go forward, come over well, here. Uh, go do they listen to you? John does a bit. My, my grandson, yeah, he'll listen to me a little bit. I don't usually tell the other kids, keep the secrets. Oh, okay, but uh, sure, all right, okay. But <laughs> you, you, get, you get the feeling, and people I know play football and they're trying to, you know, uh, teach their kids a little bit, and the kids just don't want to know. Like, like yeah. what would you know? Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, no, he, he was okay with that because I've, I've had him since a baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. But having said that, like, um, 1980s now, English football must have been a bit rough and ready. Mm. Uh, Not just the football. The supporters was oh, some yeah. of it was horrible that was going on in in the eighties. Right. We were talking about a golfing the other day. They were throwing golf balls with nails in them, you know. The darts were sticking in people's faces and things like that. This was all in the early eighties. Was done. It wasn't really? nice at all. No. We, were you ever intimidated by that? Did yeah, you? lots of times. Chelsea was bad. I remember being really, really scared driving to Chelsea one day. We were caught on the road in traffic. It wasn't police escorts back in the mm. early eighties, and they came out of pubs. They all pint glasses if they were going to smash the windows in, and and it's a, it's oh, a bit scary. An there was no police around. It was just uh, that's an age of sort of English society in the eighties, or time, yeah. just things. Things were happening rough. everywhere. Things were tough. Uh, unemployment was high, and football was was, it was hooliganism. Yeah, bad hooliganism. Yeah. Late seventies, early eighties, mm-hmm. and right into the minute. It was really right into the late eighties. Stupidly, you still get it today. Yeah, you know, even over here in Ireland, it, it, it happens. It happens a lot in England. Both. And as a footballer, I mean, you just go out, you, you play your game. Are you are you conscious of what's being said in the sideline? Are you are you? F- you hear it. Is it is it? Yeah, you no, do hear I, it. I had my fair share of get back to Ireland, you Irish, stupid Irish, and oh, yeah. you get all that. Really. But um. And would it would it affect you? No, would it that wouldn't. That, that never affected me really. Um. And these be from from supporters now, or from, or from players? Right. Okay. Yeah, you didn't get it often as players. You always felt players take, the, <coughs> excuse me, players take the mickey. Players right. don't mean it, if you know what I mean. Mm, yeah. But supporters mean it. Mm. They they really are venomous in the shell, mate. Right? And coming back and playing for Ireland, what did that mean to you? As it a, was great as, as, a, as a player. Coming back first game, watching my man die in the crowd. That was that was huge for me. The yeah. Czech is back. Dad, um, came on against Czech. Czech Republic. That, yeah, yeah. Czechoslovakia. Yeah, that's in Wikipedia. They've got that much right. <laughs> yeah, Czechoslovakia. Okay. I then made my full debut against France when we beat them 3-2. Right. Oh, that's yeah, a yeah, one. That yeah, 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 game. yeah. That goal that Platini got... Went off me, flicked off me for a cross. But didn't that change the goal difference? I think that was yes, the goal difference. That must be a big regret because that was a really good Irish team. I mean, that you didn't get to Spain. So Owen Hand gave you your, your, your debut? Yeah. 
you know the, the famous story about Owen Hand, how he became Ireland manager? Well, we're not sure if this is true. This probably isn't in Wikipedia. But anyway, the legend goes that it was between him and Paddy Mulligan to get the Ireland job. And there was a, se a senior FAI official was convinced that Paddy Mulligan had thrown a bun at him on a bus. <laughs> and on that basis, voted, <laughs> voted for Owen Hand. Oh, and Owen Hand won by one vote. Could have been anyone in the fight. Bun fights on, on yeah, team yeah, buses as well. Uh, but but that, was a, that, that was a... That 82 World Cup campaign was 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 fantastic. It, mm. it was, uh, the, the Lansdowne pitch was terrible. You know, it, I look at the pitches now, Lansdowne, and people are the Aviva, and people coming back, and they must or people playing, and they must turn up at the stadium. And go, isn't this beautiful? Oh, look at the pitch, it's magnificent. Mm. They turn up at the pitch in 82. The dressing rooms weren't the greatest, and then you go on that pitch as Platini and all them are going. We've just got to get trying and get through this. Yeah, get what we can out of it. Yeah. The crowd were up for it, long balls up, and Ireland are going to fight for 90 minutes. Um, and the pitches were, when pitch was atrocious to me. But then, so you did you see a big difference between what you were doing at Liverpool? Yeah. You know, great facilities, and then you come back to Ireland, and it's. A yeah, bit this, is where I, this is where I am on Roy Keane's side, Saipan, and all that. Right. Because it's happened too long, and it took someone like Roy to go, this is completely wrong. You know, we turn up, we've got no balls, we've got no clothes. I know, yes, they've got stuck somewhere on a plane or whatever it was, the story. So how, so how bad was it then? In terms well, of the, well the, the, I think the biggest bugbear was when all this, the directors or whatever they're called Blazers. were all sitting in first class and mm. you're, you're all stuck down the back yeah. somewhere. That was, you know, the, the, the players needed the room for their legs or whatever. They were the ones who were going to play. And was that a thing that you experienced when you yeah. were... Yeah. And you thought you're just, you're just not being just not being respected you, as players. Basically, yeah, that was probably they're only footballers. They're going to play. That's just put them down there. They're okay. And when you look back in your Ireland career, like I mean, um, as somebody who's a like from home farm and then Liverpool, you're playing the game or be perceived the right way. The success of the Irish team comes at the time when Jack Trevor's in charge, which is a, a not a very attractive way of playing football. Do you look back at that as being, I don't know. You have regrets around around the, the, the players that you had and what you could have achieved playing the, the game a different way, or you just celebrate the fact that you had such a great time in Euro '88 and getting to the World Cup in 1990. Yeah, I celebrate the great times we had, but it was it was really was pretty alien to me because I was brought up even at home farm, um, then Liverpool, keep the ball, give it to one of your players. I'm now an international footballer at 25, six, 26 years of age. At the prime of your career, and, and you've I'm been asked to into the corner, yeah, and go and chase it. But the upside was that we were getting great success. So you had to ride along with it or you weren't going to be involved. So it was... It was How does somebody such as yourself, a really cultured ball player, right, who plays a certain way, grew up in a certain way, and then you play for Liverpool, you play a certain way, just even adapting to that must have gone against all of your instincts. The, the whole thing of when you were on the ball... You, know, you get a ball from a full back, which was very seldom, to mm. be fair, because it was usually kicked in the corner. And then you look up, and then you just see people running into the corners, although were Frank, or, or, mm. and it, you had to do it. And it was alien, but like I said, mm. if, if you didn't do it, you weren't going to go to a World Cup or a Euros. Um, so, but it, 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 it's not a great way to play football. I, I'd love to be playing with the ball on the ground. What happened uh, then in that game against Russia in uh, 88? I mean, obviously, you uh, got... Uh, I know, you've never been asked this question before. Goals. You've never been asked about that <laughs> goal before. The greatest goals 
Awful shin ever. It was, it was, I mean, I remember watching it and going, wow. We, we've got like Maradona on our team. This doesn't happen to Ireland. It just happened. Well, that, yeah, that, I, if I might just come in. Like I was uh, 12. Actually, I remember meeting you. Uh, you, won't, you won't remember meeting me as a 10-year-old, but I remember uh, meeting you in the, in the um, Dublin airport before you went to Norway, before you went to European Championships. We were a bunch of school kids and we saw the Ireland team and you were there and I had a Man United bag and you said to me, I'm not signing that. And I almost started crying. <laughs> I almost started crying because Ronnie Whelan wasn't going to sign my bag. But he did anyway. But um, I remember uh, I was watching the game and uh, like this is 1980s Ireland, right? So it's like unemployment, uh, emigration, troubles in Northern Ireland. I felt like the country was just a, a failed, failed entity mm. as a country. And then this guy, you... Uh, do something that you just see on television from from South America, like mm. like a, a fella from Dublin called Ronnie Whelan. Uh, <laughs> is not supposed to score a goal like that on a, on a stage like that. Nobody had ever like scored that. a goal like that in my experience. Of you know, and, and I remember bringing my, my dad was in the kitchen for somebody. He came in and it's as if he couldn't believe what he was seeing. <laughs> that this is not what Irish sports people are supposed to do. Yeah. Uh, and it just completely exploded our minds mm. as to what uh, being Irish could be. I mean, maybe I'm, I'm talking it up here. <laughs> I'm probably talking it up here a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> we just don't want to get sued, so we said... That, that thing as well, what you said there, this is not what Irish people did. Yeah, in yeah. But that also came about with the players as well, because... Ireland, this is not what Ireland did, was qualify for Euros 88 or 90 America or 90 Italy. That's not what Ireland was. Mm. We were failed. Exactly, yeah. But the other the, thing... The about, 88 brought us all this confidence. But I remember, I remember your interview after it, right? And you had this Russian jersey on. And, uh, and you were devastated. I remember watching your interview going... Because we were kind of celebrating we'd gotten the draw. But you as a player, yeah. you were you were really disappointed yeah, for not having we, won the game. We threw it away. And Ireland that, played really well that, that night. And there was a lot of good football played. So what happened? What did I, I can only think that what happened was that Russia knew what we were going to do. And they, they counteracted. Well, they just sat back. So we couldn't get balls in behind them. So because mm. we couldn't get balls in behind them, a little bit of football mm. Kicked off somehow, <laughs> and we started to create chances. And Tony we Galvin, pass the ball. Tony, Tony Galvin, all that was brilliantly. getting through. Yeah, um, and we were so unlucky to to draw the game. Yeah, yeah, uh, and that must have been a, a signal in the final, uh, the uh, the last game against Holland. Which uh, we we'd had enough. We'd gone. We hadn't had enough as such, but we were gone. We'd, we'd played two wrecked. full games, yeah. You can't keep doing yeah. that. Put them under pressure, put them under pressure. And, and in beating England there, how, how, how much fun was that for the players that you were sharing the dressing room with in Liverpool? To yeah, actually was, was taking the mickey. <laughs> Obviously, we were taking the mickey, but I, I, not even just to beat England. We could have gone home. After um, that? Yeah. And that's all. That was what was in our heads. Mm. This is the one. This is the one we've got to do our best to win. Um, and beating them was just you hit the huge bar, for us. It, 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 I thought it did, because I complained. But if you look at it in slow motion, it's hit the, something it's, above it's, the net. It, it's something the back holes in the net in, yeah. Oh, it did yeah, it? It did. Mm. I thought it hit the bar. I did for years. It, it didn't hit the bar? No, oh, just dear. dipped at the back of it onto the top All of right. the goal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, do you had a, I'm going to go onto Wikipedia now and change that. <laughs> yeah. no, it didn't hit the bar again. I though. didn't want to get into that specificity, but I, okay, know, that that, I know that that is what happened, because I've seen it uh, many times. Sponsored by Expressway. With My Expressway, free travel pass holders can reserve their seats online at expressway.ie or at our ticket machines in stations. 
If you're enjoying this podcast, why not subscribe to Senior Times? Visit the website at seniortimes.ie and like us on Facebook. You had a habit of scoring pretty big goals. I mean, you got an important goal against um, against Northern Ireland, I remember, uh, in the qualifiers in September 89. I remember that goal. Uh, and I know for Liverpool, you scored some uh, obviously big game goals in the local final 83 and so on. So... Was that something that you kind of consciously sort of thought, I can score goals as well and this is what I'm going to try and do, or did it just happen? No, it just happened, um, as far as I can think. I, sometimes I look back and I think I may have looked after myself a bit better in the, in the, the lead-up to the game. Like if it's an ordinary Saturday, I'd go for a pint on a Wednesday with the lads. So... I didn't drink when finals were coming up. Yeah. Big games were coming up. I it's, it probably just had nothing to do with it. I think it was just been in the right place at the right time in the in the in the finals. Mm. And then uh, for Italian ninety, uh, things changed for you a bit with with um, Jack Charlton. Yeah, the injuries. I had happened? injuries coming yeah. into. I broke my foot a few weeks before um, playing for Liverpool at Arsenal a couple of months before, and they were just giving me ultrasound on my foot. It was on, right on the instep. And I, I, Ronnie Moran seen me limping along the corridor a week later and he went, is that not getting any better? So I, I said, no. He said, okay, we'll have to send you for a bone scan. Your um, x-ray showed nothing, but we'll send you for a bone scan and see what's going on. I went for a bone scan, <coughs> went back in to get the result. And I, 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 there was a, a healing fracture in my foot, where, which was where I was sore. I had two healing fractures in my toes and a fracture in my heel that was healing as well at the same time. I taught me heel one was my Achilles, but it wasn't, there was a fracture there as well. So I had four fractures in, in bones in my feet or in my foot that um, I then went into plaster before the Italia. Got over there, I got back into training, um, doing shooting one day and my thigh went in the shoot, obviously because I hadn't been training with my foot and then Mick Bourne got me some ice and put it on. It'll be all right, it'll be all right. Unfortunately, Mick got dry ice and it ended up in a huge blister. It stuck, the, the, the thing stuck to my leg. <laughs> this was the physios <laughs> back then, believe me. But the whole thing was that um, it wasn't my, the, the foot that was broken in, it was my thigh. And I told Jack that was okay. I believed I could have got through a game. Jack said, okay, you're not going to play in the first game. We'll see what goes on the next game. He didn't put me on the bench the next game. Not even on the bench next game? No, no. the Egypt game. Yeah, wasn't it? yeah, I wasn't yeah. On the bench. No, I was on the bench for the Holland, Holland game, game, which I got 20 minutes when it was just mm. playing tippy-tappy football yeah. to mm. each other to, to get the result both needed to go through. Mm. And, and we fell out as a manager and a player would, not as a person and a person would, a manager and a player. They fall out all the time. I want to play. No, you can't. I'm the manager. I'm the big one here. And then he let me down once that day, Jack. I went to see him. I said, let's just have a chat, me and you. But he was with Charlie O'Leary, Mick Bourne mm. and Morris Setters and a few other people. And he went, no, you speak here. This is all together. And I went, oh, forget it then. I can't be bothered. I just want to speak to you. Yeah. But he wouldn't. So that was all building up and building up. I didn't enjoy Italian idea at all. No, I must have been, you know, thought about that. It must have been quite painful for you to be I dealing. was at the... Yeah. The height, yeah. probably played the best football I played in a year. Um, you won the league with Liverpool. Yeah, 
And then, so when the celebrations were happening and this huge national celebration about Italian 90, did you feel that you had really it's, achieved? It's, it's uh, the old one, isn't it? You're at a party, but you're not drinking. Yeah. So it was that feeling. It's like just uh, you're on your own all the time. The lads go training. Jack would say, he did think it was very funny once to say, um, okay, everybody can have a night off. You can all go into town, have a couple of beers. He said, but you, me, you, Ronnie, will go and uh, do some running on the beach with Morissette. So um, I walked back to the room, put on my training kit to come back down, and they were all taking a Mickey laughing because he was taking the piss, basically. <laughs> <laughs> but it's that, not really that funny when you're not playing. Did, did, no. did that, but that, did that damage your relationship then with Jack for the next, no. next five years? No, 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 not really, not really. If that wasn't like sat with Jack every time we were there. Mm. Don't, he, don't he ever speak to Jack when he was or hear him when he was giving the team out? So, um, no, it was okay, and I got to, I got to it... Uh, USA 94 mm. and loved every minute of it. I knew I wasn't going to be in the starting 11 and I went with the the idea that my last World Cup um, just go and enjoy it. And mm. I enjoyed every minute of it. Mm. So you enjoyed 94 more than 1990? Oh yeah. Yeah. Much, much more. Uh, and the the Italian game was uh, the 1-0. I watched that over and over, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I, I, the referee needs to be sort of needed to be looked at. This is it from 1990, the one that we lost 1-0. One, we lost 1-0. Oh, sorry, the game in 1990. Okay. 1990, sorry, yeah. that one, yeah. yeah. That, um, that was blatant robbery. You think? Some of the decisions. Okay. And I, I watched it closely. I went to the referee after the game, and I said, you've been... You, I started making money signs, <laughs> you've been on the money. And he went, he went to go for his, 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 his card, card in his yeah. pocket. So I walked off. I thought it was the biggest robbery ever. Because you, you would have played in big European games. Yeah, you you knew how officials were supposed to behave in big, in big games. And, yeah. and you weren't used to being, I suppose, the underdog team. So when you play against Italy in the World Cup quarterfinal, you're thinking... Remember, I played against Italian teams in Europe in the 80s when it was, mm. it was rife. So I knew right. what was happening. So you, so you think there was something unusual about was, that quarterfinal? They, Italy had to stay in the competition, basically. Mm. That was it. Right. Well, well, there you go. Yeah, you won't yeah. hear that in Wikipedia. No. Well, <laughs> well I, I, I hope your grandson doesn't start to make money signs to referees so he gets on the wrong side of a wrong side. And is your grandson familiar with your with your background in football? Does yeah, he watch the old game? He watches it and then just does walks he, away. And does he just throw his eyes up to heaven? Is it just something that feels like it's from 1912? I would, yeah. I'll show him, John, look at this. Watch this goal. And he go, yeah, okay, I'm just going to play on me. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, yeah. Well, it's... I'm my Game Boy, I'm a better player on my Game Boy. Do you have um, any, any grainy footage from your under 12 Hold Celtic days? Uh, I, I don't have any grainy footage at all. Um, but, but it's funny, no, I, I, I don't know where there's any footage of me as a 12, 13, 14 year old, which every kid in the world now seems to have. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you go back to Ronaldo's, they've all looked look at when he was six and look at him when he was five. We have none of that. And now, do you still do you, you still enjoy the game? You still enjoy talking about it? You still enjoy the, the punditry? Uh, or do you, you know, uh, even walking here, people people see you and wave at you. And well, I, I, I'm that's very fond the, of that's you. the remarkable part of it all. The people still, I'm like I'm sixty, and people still remember what you did in '88 and before and things mm. like that. '82, people talk about cup finals and things. But well, you look the remarkable. same. You look very similar. Um, <laughs> you uh, one thing I wanted to uh, ask you about. I mean, you're you're involved obviously in huge. Uh, European matches in you won the European Cup in '84, obviously against uh, Roma, mm -hmm. um, and uh, then the following year, in um, you were in Heysel Stadium. I mean, that is 
presumably something that hasn't gone away from you. No, well, you go back to eight, five, then 89 as well, Hillsborough. Mm. It's, it's not something you as a footballer think is ever going to happen. You know, it happened before at Ibrox, mm. hadn't it? When yeah, yeah. Fans, one, and, yeah. Um, What's your memories of that night in Heysel? Heysel, we went out before the game and there was a lot of debris as bricks. It seems that the, 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 the terraces were like breaking up. And it was a mess of a stadium, yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically. Um, we heard there'd been trouble. Go back into the dressing room, just prepare, get yourself ready. I always remember Kane Dalglish was on the, on the bed all the time. He was ill, and I didn't know he was ill, but he was lying on the bed for most of the time, um, just trying to get himself right for the game. We were told the game's happening, you're going to play, and we just had to get on with it. Um, mm. It wasn't easy. I should have had a penalty in the 84th minute. That's right. Yeah. I remember taking down, yeah. And a, a few years back, there was a lad writing a book. It was about Liverpool in the 80s. And that came up in the book. And he said he'd been to see the referee and showed him the incident. And the referee went, I, I can't believe I haven't given that. Well, was there a sense that he just wanted the game to be finished? You know, when, when it's happened, it's like, yeah. yeah. Get it done. That's the only time mm. I cried in a football match. But I didn't... I was just a, a whole professional head yeah. of if that trouble hadn't happened we would have won that game I would have won another year so you cried over the I, I over went the... in the cubicle on my own and just had a, a, a little cry on my own nobody seen me but it was because we'd, we'd lost a final a big final that we should have won it must have been really weird though playing it I mean how do you like how you know when you're on the pitch like don't know how we did it, Gary. I know, I know exactly what you're saying and, and what did you do and how did you go about it. We went about it as best we could. You just switch into professional mode? That you have to play did the game. Did you know the, the number of people who we did We heard there'd been deaths, but we didn't know how many. But I remember that moment mm. when you stonewalled uh, stone penalty and I, I remember you reacted in a way that was, I thought, it's, it's that, that's the, it was kind of one of the, the first football, normal football reaction moments in the whole game, I remember. You know, you were kind of Whatever, and it was definitely uh, a penalty, but I thought it, it just the whole game had a bizarre unreality. Yeah, that's all it was. That's all it was to the players. Well, it was to me. I'm I'm, I'm out here playing. I'm I'm doing mm. the best that I can to try and win a game. Um, there's even question marks over their goal as well. Was it penalty? Yeah, it was outside Only the box. Away from yeah, 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 yeah. Didn't he? But they, they, they feel it was outside the box when when he mm. took him down. Mm. So there's those all, and then there was again. Who gives a shit? Mm. Yeah, you yeah. Know, people have died, and and and, uh, and with Hillsborough, I mean, I know it must be a, a very dark memory for you, but I mean, I know that the fans now have been have been vindicated after a long yeah. a long campaign. Obviously, obviously, those who died in in, in Heysel were were mostly uh, Juventus supporters, mm. but but Hillsborough was a huge impact on Liverpool where you were living and and hung over the club for, for years afterwards. Yeah, it was um, it was difficult times. And we say that, you know, you talk as footballers, it was difficult times. It was difficult, yes, but nothing compared to what the people went through, the, yeah. the, the mothers of kids dying and the thing. We went to the, to the hospital the Monday after the game. Um, and you see a 12-year-old kid in the bed and they're going to turn the machine off. And the parents are gone. And we went and... And did all this. It was heartbreaking, really, going, going to see all the people in the hospital. One good thing, one lad came round out of that sort of a coma he was in, but he'd come round and then was very unsure of why he was there and why all Liverpool players are there, standing over his bed. <laughs> and he was like... Really? It was a bit... Yeah, happy, but... 
Mm. And did you, I mean, having been, you know, associated with two, two of these big tragedies, do you ever kind of wonder, like, just, it's just a, f- a game of football, yet such tragedies attached to it? There were times you just sit there and think about it and go, you're going to watch, you went to watch a cup final and then yeah. um, so many people haven't come home to their parents, their brothers, their sisters. It's just, it's, it doesn't, it's hard to look back and think, this, this really did happen. But that, and Liverpool twice. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, like the kind of aftermath of it all in Liverpool, I, I presume it was very present for a long, long, long time. It just in the air. Yeah. It was always there. I think it still is. Mm. You know, you you go to watch a game in Anfield now. The shrine is 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 there, mm. um, and there's always people there putting flowers. And the injustice Skills. around it, of course. The, the injustice and, that was and the, the whole bad thing of it. Yeah, I'm not a politician. That's not for me. I don't even like politicians. <laughs> <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> but but um, no, they, 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 the fight they had to, to get the justice that they deserved, was, and the mothers of the kids who died at, at um, Hillsborough, the mother would pass on before it's all mm. done out. Um, it's just it was it was a there was another tragedy that had dragged on for so long for so mm-hmm. many people. And you, of course, wouldn't have had any. Uh, you'd be dealing with all this, but you presumably you didn't get any kind of counselling like yourself. That wasn't. Look back on that as well, and I've asked people, you know, have you had counselling and not? And when we don't talk about it, mm. we if we're out for a meal. Like Southport crew would be me, Kenny, Alan Hansen, Gary Gillespie with the wives, both from Mill. You don't talk about Hillsborough. You don't talk about High It just doesn't mm. come up in the conversation ever. Mm. Um, and those are, the, the, Aldo was really, really hit by it. John Aldridge was really, really struggling to get back to football. Scouser went on the cop. That's you know, right, because I remember we had a game against Spain the week after or two yeah. weeks after, and he, he, he couldn't, couldn't play. play. He couldn't play. Me and Ray turned up, didn't yeah. we? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it just wasn't in on his. He couldn't. He couldn't. Uh, didn't want to play football. Then the one day we we start to get training again. Ronnie Moran goes, "Listen, it's horrible." He said, "But we're footballers." He said, "We have to get back to it now," mm. and it, it changed a lot of mindsets. Think you're not smart enough to own a smartphone? Well, think again and think Doro. Visit Doro.ie. Make friends with innovation. Well, look, we'll finish with maybe happier memories. Like, if you if you were to pick out the highlight now of your of your, and look, we're obviously Ireland's going to be of more interest to well, to me than to Liverpool than Liverpool will be, and uh, probably to you as well because you're a Man United fan, Gary. Well, I'm a fan. Oh, well, of I, well, <laughs> one one thing I remember and I'm really proud of scoring against Man United at Wembley. All right, 83. 83. Yeah, yeah, we scored twice, and I believe. There, there's a Wikipedia and, uh, for you. Yeah, I, yeah, the, I only got one, one against Man U. I got two against Tottenham the year before. Oh, sorry, I'm wrong. I, I also, yeah, yeah, I yeah, also yeah. got the greatest own goal I ever do, seen. Yes, at the chip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you were to pick, so you um, can't remember it now. 
It was, yes. Mm. It was a it was a two two one win for Liverpool, but Ronnie chipped. Uh, Grubble off from yeah. yeah. <laughs> Back in the day of uh, you, you learned kids, that you learned kids, that home kids were <laughs> I always wanted to score in the strip then. Kids kids were listening to this. We used to have to uh, back, uh, pass back to the goalkeeper uh, back <laughs> back in the in the ancient times. But if you could pick a highlight from your Ireland career, was there a moment you could, you can you can think of which was which you really reflect back on and being a, a fantastic moment for you? Or the goal game. obviously against Russia is up there. Yeah. But when we qualified for Italian ninety, was we in Malta? Malta. Yeah, that was a huge moment for us all. As I as players, yeah. yeah. going to a World Cup. Yeah, yeah. going around. Yeah. You went around the the lap of honour afterwards and all that. That was important the, the, to you. <laughs> go back to the, the the kid from Finglish not supposed to do this. Yeah, but then we were going to a World Cup. I was going to play in the World Cup, which was which was great. I'm sure. Well, from uh, Patrician home farm. Yeah, to a World Cup. You ended up, did you end up playing uh, football for South End as well? Yep, a couple of seasons at South End, player manager for a season. Yeah. I told the manager I was going to take him out of the first division, I did. Took him to the second. And, uh, what was management like? Did you enjoy that? No. 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 You're, you're pampering to the whims of 15 footballers who are all crybabies and. Mm. I, I, I just I thought what must have we been like <laughs> throughout the years. But they always say about that Liverpool team. Um, I'm talking about Liverpool. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Yeah, yeah, go of ahead. course, you've got a you know you're 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 electric to you know. Yeah, exactly. I know. I have to be your yeah, patient. Yeah, yeah. But um, uh, diplomatic. You talk about the whole Liverpool thing yeah, at that time. It was always a team of men, and I know you know Douglish <laughs> and Sue, yeah. Sunas, who I've who I've met actually. I met Graham Sooners with Ronnie um, just after we had done a sketch taking the piss out of Graham Sooners. So I met this man who was like an icon and just physically imposing individual. He is, I saw him on a treadmill once on a, in a hotel yeah. in Kerry and it was a bit like the Russian guy from Rocky IV. <laughs> yeah. was, and he's like 67 or something and it was pretty impressive. Anyway, sorry. So, so that team was considered to be like a rough, Manly not, not a dirty team, but a rough team. Like men, they could and all look what, after themselves. Definitely, yeah. Doug yeah. Leash was hard. He was, yeah. but was really, really hard. But Doug Leash was hard himself. Doug Leash could really, really look after himself. And I was very fortunate that I come through. Me and Russia come through into a team with such big, big men. Mm. You could, you could defend, protect you us, maybe a little bit. These are going to lead us into battle. We'll follow. Yeah. Um, and then they start to accept you, and then you become part of, part of them. How long does it take, by the way, for them to? Uh, welcome you into the accept you into the fold what do you not have to too do? long it wasn't too long they start looking at you on the pitch and what you do Russia was scoring goals I was running around midfield tackling people and getting the ball back and things like that and they slowly they start taking the mickey out of you more if if they don't fancy you they won't speak to you yeah yeah. you know that that kind of thing so Russia and me were getting the mickey taken out of us all the time and um, it was a great upbringing going into a team with them in well, we have to bring Ronnie on our, on our football walking tour, Gary. Um, yes, absolutely. Can I get a taxi? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I got one of those bikes. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a north side one. There's a north side one and a south side one. You're probably more more interested in the in the, in the north side one. But anyway, um, 
Thanks very much, Ronnie, for coming on no our, our, our podcast. Much, we really, really enjoyed it. So, uh, what are all the details? We're, we're at, at Football Walking, sorry, at Football Tour Dub is our Twitter handle, and Football Walking Tour at gmail.com if you want to get in contact. And uh, the Little Museum forward slash Football Tour. I mean, it's not a good football tour. It's a great football tour. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. uh, little museum forward slash little museum. <laughs> uh, nice. Forward slash sounds so kind of. Uh, it's, it sounds so twenty years ago now. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. It's not for the uh, woke generation. No. No. Anyway, uh, Ronnie, it's been an absolute pleasure. Fantastic talking to you. Uh, I wish we could talk longer. Um, thank you very, very much for doing this and coming in. Yeah. Thanks, me, Ronnie. Thank you.